Hello there, and welcome to episode 34 of Cuzzlewop. I'm your host for this episode, Willie, and as usual, we've got... Ivy, Isaiah. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? Well, I hope everybody is doing well. Um, Today, we're here for News 5. It's been a long time since we've done a news episode that wasn't based on a specific event or topic. Uh, News 1, in fact, has been our only news episode so far to be non-focused. And we're back with another one after a summer of movies, TV shows, gaming talk. Like, it's it's been a long time since we've done one of these. And I'm excited to step into this just... Hey, here's this, here's that, here's this. Um, it's going to be a fun time, especially since this is probably going to be the last news episode not focused on anything when it comes to 2023. And um, yeah, so I'm excited for this. Hopefully we have a good time. Let's do it, bro. I mean, I, I know that right now, um, media entertainment's in a, in a lull state. It's almost like transition from summer to fall. Um, there is things to talk about, but there's also this transition I think like the gear shifting that's happening. So it's interesting to have this episode be going on now. I think it's good to have it before things really, really, really rev up for the end of the year. I mean, we're going to be talking about what movies were the movie of the year. What was our game of the year? Um, TV shows that really stuck with us throughout 2023. Um, and so I'm excited to jump in today, man. I'm excited to jump in. Got some some interesting stuff to jump into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I just want to start off by saying uh, if you're not in like the, the entertainment lifestyle like area, if you don't really watch movies, but maybe you watch TV shows or you don't do any of this, I mean, this this news episode might be a good place to hear about some things that maybe may will make you want to watch something. So, you know, don't click off if you're like, oh, none of this will apply to me. Maybe it will. You never know, right? You might hear one throwaway line from IV or I that makes you say, well, that's interesting. Like, let me go check this out. Um, but I want to start off tonight with my favorite piece of information, actually. I know it's kind of weird to start off with the the piece of information that I think is the best. But um, the writer's strike as of this week is over. The writer's managed to get, in their words, an exceptional contract deal. And I love to see it. I really do. You got to think about this. This is an insane moment, bro. Insane. So to kind of explain what's been going on with the writer's strike, um, essentially, the writers of all of these movies and television shows that work with the Writers Guild of America agreed to go on strike. They... We're not being paid fairly, compensated for their work, especially in online streaming era of like entertainment. They weren't getting their money from Netflix, from Disney, from all of these major studio companies. And so uh, almost 12,000 members of the WGA went on strike as of May 2nd, demanding renegotiations for their contracts. And as of September 27th, it is over. The studios gave them their exceptional deal, which boosts their pay, but also protects them from AI because AI has been becoming a problem when it comes to writing because some studios have began to kind of think about, ooh, can we use AI to write scripts, replace writers, make it cheaper, you know? 
And obviously, the writers aren't going to like that. And the fans don't want that crap either. So as fans of these movies and television shows, I congratulate the WGA on their accomplishment of striking the second longest strike in the history of WGA history. And um, I have to say that my favorite part about all of this is that even though the WGA strike is over, the writers are still going to remain striking for the acting strike that is also going on right now. They, that, that solidarity that's there, I I respect it 1 million percent. And I say, keep it up. Get your pay. Yeah, I agree, man. I think the studios have kind of fostered a divisive culture. So to see the actual creatives themselves standing strong with one another, it's a moment, bro. It's, it's so important. And for us as consumers outside of just complaining about all your shows and TV, you know, your movies and shows that you were looking forward to being delayed. It's like we had a pandemic delay entertainment and that was unfortunate and unprecedented. Um, it makes sense to, 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 to grieve over that. But for this, it's like we as people who consume this entertainment, we have to respect and understand that this was a good thing. This was a very good thing for us in a variety of ways. Um, and I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that too. I, I know we were going to say a lot about what is actually happening. But for me, I was having a conversation with Evan. Shout out to Evan. If you haven't uh, familiarized yourself with that name, jump back to our episode from two weeks ago where we talked about getting into anime. Uh, he joined us for that one. But we were talking last night. And I was saying, you know what's cool about this time is that I think that while striking has been going on and the strike has been going on, these writers have been creating They've got stuff where they're sitting and they're writing and there's no, there's not action or follow through on it yet because it can't. And I, I kind of, it excites me now to know that we might be coming to the other end of this soon. What kind of stuff are we going to get in the next two, three years that these guys have been able to cook up, bro? It's going to be crazy. Hey, you know, I'm really excited to see what kind of creative ideas spawn from this entire event, right? Because we know that limitations can really spawn the best creativity out there, right? Like when you put that thumb down on someone and say, this is how it's going to be, they think of a million other things that it can be outside of what you've set onto them. So I'm excited. Now, like I said, AI, that's something that was huge when it came to these strikes, right? Because, you know, as we are talking about the creative mind, AI, it don't work the way we do. It don't have the heart that we do. AI is like, What's the what's the most technical, uh, cliche storytelling that it can be done? Like, I feel like that's AI. And so there are some terms that were laid out in these contracts that were finally agreed upon, like AI can't be used to rewrite scripts or AI-generated content cannot be considered source material. So it's good. That means that AI is not allowed to be a part of this process that gives us these shows. It's not taking the job away from the writers, which is awesome. And there's so many other things out there about the agreement that, if, you know, if you take the time to read, you realize, yo, these writers, they won. You know, in three years when this contract is up, we're going to see what renegotiations need to be had. But as of right now, they were satisfied exceptionally, as I said. Um so that's just fun to hear. I'm excited for the future. And and I again, it's all about the heart for me. If you deliver something that's from your heart, if you write, if you cook up something mid, but it came from your heart, I'll take the midness 
over something that's a 10 out of 10 AI generated thing. So that's my thought process. I like the heart. I like the heart. Yeah, bro. The heart, the creativity, the innovation that we bring to the table as people with the way we see the world, something AI cannot do. You know, AI can only um, do with what has been. But the true, true definition of innovation, the true, true uh, definition of creativity, we're about to see a lot of that. Um, And so, listen, if you're a writer or an actor, just know we're rooting for you. We're happy for the writers. We're going to be happy for the actors when that finally comes because we believe it will happen. And we're excited. We're excited to see what you'll do next. I will be right there in the theater. I'll be sitting in front of my TV. You already know, bro. You already know. Speaking of, if you haven't watched that Ahsoka, you're tripping. That's facts, bro. Someone said it last week. Can you please speak about the AI implications on entertainment and how AI can never replicate what Ahsoka has done this year? It's true. Like, even through Ahsoka's little smaller, shorter, you know, slower periods, I'm taking that over AI any day. And and while we on the conversation of Ahsoka, two weeks from now, we're going to be talking about the show. Come on now. You knew that had to be coming, bro. I'm a Star Wars fiend. I, Ivy's favorite Star Wars character. Like, come on now. Yo, bro, I actually want to jump into Ahsoka as a piece of news because there's something floating around where articles are talking about why they think that Ahsoka shouldn't have been a TV show, but instead should have been a movie. And um, I think there's an interesting conversation in that, too, that's coming here uh, with the strike and with everybody's eyes on the difference between a TV show and a movie and with whether or not content can truly be... um, compared between these two mediums if one is maybe better than the other and i think for something like ahsoka man i i just i don't agree with what i see on the internet about people thinking that it should be it should be a movie i feel like tv shows have a way of letting things breathe the details really getting an opportunity to to breathe for more than just a brief second we get a minute of a conversation instead of a 30 second conversation when you have a tv show um what about you? Do, you? do you agree with that? Do you feel like TVs are important? Or do you think some of the Star Wars TV shows that we've seen in the last year and a half could have been better off as movies? Well, I mean, number one, I just want to say like TV and movies, like television shows and movies in movie theaters, they're always going to be important. We're never just going to have one. It's impossible. Now, for the specific some of these Star Wars shows could have been better as movies. I would say, yeah, some of them could have been. Book of Boba Fett, maybe, maybe, because there's some things there that I was like, uh, I don't know about. But the whole show, maybe. Obi-Wan Kenobi, perhaps. We know that it was originally going to be a movie. But then when Solo didn't do well at the box office, they were like, F all that. Let's make it a show. Um, Ahsoka's not in that, bro. Ahsoka is right where it needs to be, right on Disney Plus as a week-to-week television show because it's what the character deserves and it's what the character needs. This story that they are telling with this show would have not been possible to tell in two hours because I know damn well if it was put into a two-hour movie, there would be articles out there talking about the story being rushed. The story is happening too fast. We don't know this. We don't know that. 
I, I would not be as interested in some of the characters on Ahsoka if it were a movie. And I really feel like a lot of people's problems with it being a television show comes from the fact that they no longer have the patience to sit through television shows. Binging, TikTok, all these other things have killed people's ability to stay focused on something for a long amount of time. And that's just my opinion. We all going downhill on that. We know that. Freaking TikTok, bro. Catch us on TikTok, though. Catch us on TikTok. Cause a lot, baby. <laughs> well, before we move a little bit too far from the striking talk, even though strikes are going to be woven throughout Kazoop for some time, um, SAG-AFTRA has announced that video game strikes can now occur for video game actors and voice actors. That's great because those video game actors and voice actors are a large reason why these modern-day storytelling video games are as successful as they are. I can't see God of War Ragnarok being as successful as it is without Chris Judge, you know? So the, they, they deserve their pay. The same way the writers do for these movies and TV shows. The same way the actors do for these movies and TV shows. We're, we're, we're going to be entering this age of striking to get what you need to. Probably in the music industry too. And what's going uh, to happen after that is going to be a renaissance of creativity. It's going to be beautiful new things everywhere. People, when they're getting paid for the stuff that they do and they're getting paid right, have more incentive to keep going because there's heart there. If they're not getting paid, they're going to half-ass it. So I say, you know, if the video games need to strike, let them strike. And if you're scared because you're not going to get GTA 6, that's understandable. If you're scared that you might not get Wolverine for some time, that's understandable. As long as with that fear comes the idea and the acceptance that these actors deserve what they are asking for. Because I've seen people online say, oh, these actors are whack. Just replace them with people willing to get the job done. The game, it's been 10 years since we've gotten a GTA game and we need it now. Don't strike before then. Yo, relax. You sounding like a cornball right now. Like, to, to say the least, if you feel offended or if you feel like me saying that is kind of crazy because of GTA 6, and if you feel like, like I'm bugging out, you don't need to listen to this anymore. We support the actors and the writers around here. So I'm good to wait till GTA 6 till 2030. If we don't get it till then, okay. As long as the actors in it get their pay. Wolverine from Insomniac, they could drop that in 2040 if it takes that long. I'm not going to sit here and complain. Does it suck? Yeah, but sending messages to these actors calling them bitches because they, they want to be paid, that's crazy. You know, in that same vein, when it comes to new things uh, and, and there being innovation, Cameron Monaghan, a.k.a. Kyle Kestis himself, has dropped some new news in the last week that the third installment of the Jedi, uh, Star Wars Jedi series is beginning its development process. Um, I'm so freaking pumped for this, bro. Uh, you know, I've said it on numerous episodes that Kyle has shaped up to be, when people say, who's your favorite Jedi? I will say Kyle, 
but I can't give that fully yet because I need one more game to complete his arc. Once the arc's done, I can stand on it firmly. I like where it's headed. Um, but Ahsoka, if not, go watch the show. But Cal Kestis is coming back for a third installment, my bro. The boy who has been expo- exposed to the dark side has had to let go of the rituals of what he was born in, what, which actually turns out to be not stereotypical, but actually a common Jedi story in his era on the other end of Order 66. Um, what are you feeling, bro? How do you feel about that news? I mean, we knew it was coming, but it's like to hear it is still great. I mean, yeah, we knew it was happening, but it's nice to hear now that the process has already began. We're already moving forward, you know? It's, a, it's great to hear. Now, the worry for me comes from the fact that the director of the first two Jedi games has left the company. And so we know that some companies have a history when the director leaves. Things could get a little bit hectic in the in the creative process. Now, the question is, how much involved was he actually? Did the writers really do their thing and they had a great director? Or did the direction from the director himself like really play a huge role in making the game? Or is it kind of like God of War, right? God of War, every game, they would swap directors So it was always like a fresh perspective, but still a story that moved forward. So we're not going to know until we see the next product, obviously, what what it all means. But um, it's still something to keep an eye on. It's still news. And I just I hope it all goes well for this next Jedi game, as well as the director. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's just uh, hopefully he left for a good reason. And I hope it's a W for him professionally. But it does make an L a possibility that does scare me. I'm not going to lie. And that's okay, bro. It's going to happen, right? We just, only time can tell, right? People were scared that Corey Barlog wasn't going to be directing God of War Ragnarok. And look at the success that Ragnarok was able to be with Corey in the backseat, right? Like, only time can tell. We don't know if this will be a situation of the whole thing goes down with the ship or if it can still thrive on without him if it thrives on without him maybe he left them off in a good place who knows either way you know that's that that's that star wars news so video game wise man i want to jump into cyberpunk i've talked about it a bit but uh this week on tuesday uh the 26th phantom liberty uh the expansion pack not dlc word to my man idris uh they, do, they only do expansions over there, SCD Project Red. Um, has officially released, and the Friday before that, we got the official 2.0 update of Cyberpunk 2077. And man, listen, if you know anything about gaming, you know that in 2020, Cyberpunk 2077 fell on its face so hard, it is probably one of the biggest fails and L's um, in video game history. Uh, the game came out messy, buggy, broken, trying to port to old consoles and old last gen, uh, but then also bring high quality to next gen and PC, and it just wasn't able to do it. And we've watched over the last two years, three years now, and seen that CD Projekt Red didn't let that stop them from investing time, work, um, And here the game is on the other side, bro, all these years later. This is it. They're saying there's no more expansions coming to this game. This is basically their their swan song for the creativity. They're moving on The Witcher. They're moving on to what's next for them. Um, It's like, bro, I jumped in a couple times in the last three, four days. Yo, it's a completely different game, Willie. 
And I want to have this conversation be marked in time tonight because is it possible for an expansion pack to be a contender for a game of the year? I want to, I want to know if that's a possibility. I'm seeing so much, so many conversations where Starfield and this game, Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty, and the 2.0 update going toe-to-toe. People saying Cyberpunk is leagues ahead. And I'm like, you can't even compare it. The one game came out in 23, one game came out in 2020. But then it's like, but it did come out with 2023. It is like a fresh iteration. It's an interesting conversation, bro. Yeah, it is an interesting conversation. One that I'm sure we'll talk about towards the end of the year during our Game Award episode, as well as our reaction to the official Game Awards. But for me, number one, I think it's hilarious that Cyberpunk and Starfield are the ones being compared with one another. Like, I feel like that speaks to both games. Like, Cyberpunk had a comeback where it's being spoken about to 2023 games. Okay, that's cool. It's still not the game that was shown all those years ago, but it's had a comeback to be to be boxing a 2023 game. Okay, that's cool, but at the same time, damn Starfield, you're you're boxing against a game that had a terrible launch and is only now going. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a play Starfield, I, I, but um for, for the, your question, bro, about game awards and the qualifications, in my opinion, no, Phantom Liberty and Cyberpunk should not count towards a game of the year award this year. Maybe a DLC award or an expansion pack award, but if that game is nominated for game of the year, I don't think that's a good idea. But I'm also a person who thinks like remakes shouldn't be really considered for game of the year awards unless it's like huge, like huge, like the last of us part one remake was not something I would say qualifies for game of the year. Um, supposedly these resident evil games or these final fantasies deserve to count. I don't know. I haven't played the originals or new ones, but for me, it's all about like the story. And if the story is the same, it gets a, it gets blurry for me. I don't like to include it. You'll never ever for me personally, if the game awards do it fine, but for me personally, you will never, hear me including a remake in my game of the year like conversation unless it's like super duper different and the 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 entire narrative has been switched and it basically may be a new game and all that it, it gets blurry for me it gets hard but i don't play many of those so my, my thoughts on this are a little bit harder um but that's just my feelings word man I feel that big time. I'm just excited about what's going on in gaming. Yeah. And I'm excited that it's going to get its little time right now while this lull from the strike exists. Even if the strike happens and we move into video games and then that puts a pause for the next year or a couple months and it pushes production back a year or two, right now is a really, really big moment right now for gaming. I think there's some great stuff going on, as we've talked about in the past. Um, So it's good stuff, man. Yeah, bro. You know, I don't want to kill your gaming vibe, right? But some unfortunate news is uh, this week, a group called Ransomware has supposedly hacked Sony. They are claiming to have user data, download data, just all data, credit card data, everything. They're claiming to have a bunch of stuff from Sony internally, and they're not even ransoming from Sony. They're, they're just stating that they're going to sell 
sell the stuff. They saying we just going to sell this information online. So if you're listening to this and you are scared, maybe remove some of your credit cards. Some people are saying just cancel your credit card altogether. Me, I'm just like, Sony hasn't said anything yet. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. I mean, they've already got the data, right? But for you, IV, I know that this has to be reminding you of the 2011 Sony hack. So can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, bro. It's like, how do you open yourself up? If it's true, again, there's still a lot of uncertainty. So this ain't no false news from us. We're just saying what we see. But it's like, Sony, have you not... And, you know, I, I mean, for those that don't know, I work in the area of cybersecurity as my full-time job. I uh, work for a company that trains cyber cybersecurity workers. Um, it's like moments like these are wake-up moments, I suppose, but Sony already had a 2011 wake-up moment. So it's like, how are you not vigilant in this area if that is the case? How did they let this slide um, but then there's also part of me that's like, they have our information, but tons of people do. If you open up your phone right now and you go into your passwords, it'll say, it's suspected that your information has been leaked in a compromised data. And it's like always happening, um, which is part of why I'm like, uh, but at the same time, Sony is a big head for the, the ransomware group to go after. That's a crazy head hunting move. So, um, you know, I bet you Microsoft is behind it and and they're just chilling in the offices like, ha, 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 ha. But that ain't going to stop y'all. We still running the race. We still running this whole thing. I just want y'all to know. Bro, why are you trying to start a console war on the news episode, bro? We'll have the Xbox versus PlayStation debate episode one day. Um, I don't know who we getting from Xbox side, but we'll have it. Uh, but to, to flip the script for Sony and talk about something more positive, um, Right now, if you don't have a PS5 or if you've been thinking about picking up a new one, it could be a good time because from now until October 20th, when you pick up a new PlayStation and activate it for the first time, you can get a free game. Uh, they're offering a free game until October 20th based on a lot of their greatest hits. So the list of free games that you'd be able to download are Marvel Spider-Man Remastered, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Demon Souls, The Last of Us Part 1, Sackboy A Big Adventure, Returnal, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, and Death Stranding Director's Cut. Now, these are all like PlayStation Essentials, and I think this is great. I think this is great incentive for people to maybe pick up the, the PlayStation 5 and jump right into a new game. Now, a lot of these, you know, some of these are sequels, some of them are standalone titles, um, and in my opinion, if I had to pick either of these... I think I'd probably go Uncharted because there's two games in that bundle and then you could probably go pick up the first three games dirt cheap and then you could have the whole franchise right there. Or uh, Spider-Man Remastered. Spider-Man 2 drops the same day that this deal ends. So it'd be a nice way to get people to hop onto the Spider-Man 2 hype train. That's not a bad idea. Or The Last of Us Part 1. I mean, come on now. So there, I feel like those three are, are perfect answers, but most of these games on this uh, list are. So um, pick up that PS5. IV, what do you think is, what, what game would you choose, bro? What would you pick from that list of games? I would go with Ratchet and Clank. Um, I just think Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, um, they're amazing. They're amazing pieces of PlayStation's history and legacy, and they're slept on. They're slept on right now because... Um, there's just a lot more in-your-face content coming out. 
Um, I mean, Insomniac doesn't talk much about Ratchet anymore, but I, I, I try my best to remember that as they develop Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Miles Morales, as they're known for this current uh, piece of superhero uh, art. Like, I, I know that, but it's like, the weapon wheel in Spider-Man and Miles Morales only exists because the weapon wheel existed in Ratchet and Clank. You know what I mean? Like Ratchet and Clank is classic and um, especially Rift Apart, the utilization of the SSD on the PS5. Um, it's just really a beautiful game. And I think it's great for families too. Kids can play it. Um, adults can play it. No shame in the game. So that would be mine just to be different. And you know what? Before we move on from PlayStation News, since we've been here for a little bit, um, Final thing is Jim Ryan is stepping down as CEO, uh, which is kind of a big deal. Some people love him. Some people don't. Uh, I might lean a little bit more towards the don't side just because I feel like he said some crazy things in the past. But either way, uh, we won't know until it happens. So we guess I guess we're going to see. Um, but you, you got other gaming news that you want to talk about? The iPhone 15 Pro is knocking on the door of consoles. Uh, you know, Apple had their presentation a couple weeks ago and the iPhone 15 uh, Pro and the iPhone 15 Plus and the normal models, they've dropped officially as of this episode. It's been about a week um, since they've been out. And one of the big things that people are talking about is how they're trying to, with their processing power, their A17 Pro chip, um, the ability to now plug the USB-C port into a monitor so you can blow up what you're seeing on your phone, on your TV and play it in 4K. Um, that this can lead to mobile gaming actually having a lot more respect on its name. Um, and to me, bro, that's also very interesting. When we talk creativity, innovation, and renaissance, the big missing piece here is we need more developers to bring games to the phone. But one thing they announced in their, in their presentation was that Assassin's Creed Mirage is coming next year, top of next year, the full game, not a port, not like a version of it that looks different or is like, you know, boiled down like a games law version. Nah, like this is the actual game you can play on your system is going to be accessible on the phone. And I think that's really cool. Resident Evil is there now. Um, I'm excited to see what's to come from that, bro. What is it going to look like with PlayStation dropping this stupid Wi-Fi-based addition to the PS5? I got some negative thoughts about that. Me personally, I think it's really cheap, uh, not just because the price of it is cheap, which is a thing in itself, but I just think like you, you could buy a backbone right now for your phone and get some gaming on in a way that's real and play Xbox games, play PlayStation games, play iPhone games, play Apple Arcade games. That means that that amount of options is only going to increase and the, uh, the, the, the quality is only going up too. It's going to be crazy, bro. It's going to be pretty crazy. Well, I mean, look, in time, we will get to speaking about handheld devices as was suggested last week. But I don't know how I feel about this whole iPhone being able to play video game things. I think that uh, companies need to be more cautious about where they're trying to port their video games to. I don't know if you saw Mortal Kombat 1 was recently released on consoles, uh, and the Nintendo Switch version of the game looks terrible. It looks terrible, bro. Um, I don't know why they even thought that that was okay to release. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I love the Nintendo Switch for what it is, but people need to realize that it should remain what it is. Stop trying to make it Xbox One, PS5, and all these other higher-end consoles. Stop trying to make it something that it's not. 
it's not. And, you know, it will always have its space as well as mobile gaming, but you're going to tarnish your brand name doing crap like this. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. But I feel like this is a conversation that that I need to cook my thoughts on a little bit more. So whenever we get around to doing that handheld episode, I think that'll be more... My, my thoughts will be more clear on it. And that'll happen eventually. All in time. All in time. We'll jump into that. We'll jump into that. I mean, the Nintendo Switch 2 is supposed to come out this year. That's going to expand the 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 strength of the Nintendo console. It is their next gen, basically catching up to PS5 and, and Series S and X from Xbox. We'll see. We'll see what's going to come with that. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I just get excited because I'm somebody who I remember just a couple years ago, you know, five, six years ago, running Fortnite matches with my little brother on my iPhone while he's playing on his on his Switch. And it's just like, it's cool conceptually to see some of the possibilities, especially with cross plat now becoming a norm. Remember when it was like, oh, you play Xbox, can't be your friend. It's not like that no more, my man. It's not. I'm I'm enjoying some of these technological advancements and these company developments where they're okay saying, yo, you know what on Xbox? Y'all could play with the PlayStation dudes. You know, I'm I'm prepared to run like 2K and Mortal Kombat with somebody that I know on Xbox, and that's kind of crazy. Like it's 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 honestly wild. Um but in some, you know, we, we are fluctuating the good vibes and then the more downer news. Um, Volition Studios, in charge of Saints Row, Red Factions, they recently announced that they are closing their doors, um, which is no surprise to anybody, I think, that has been following the development of the Saints Row reboot. Uh, we know that they they doubled down when fans were like, this is what you're doing. What are you doing? This is bad. And they doubled down. They were like, nah, it ain't bad. You just, you ain't ready for this. Um, I haven't played the game, so I don't know. I plan on it to have opinions on it, but um, it's sad. I enjoy the Saints Row franchise very much. Uh, and so uh, this is a bit of a loss, but it's not unexpected, you know. I think they should have innovated, man. I think innovation would have helped them a lot, even if the... You know, a big thing they kept saying about Saints Row's remake is that the game feels like a game that should have come out during the Xbox 360 era. <laughs> and I think that's the issue. Like, if you had innovated with something new, uh, even if we felt like the systems were old, say it was still old, if you had a new story, at least you could potentially have that going for you. This story didn't feel new enough at all. It's it's sad. And I'm, you know what, man? This is the cost of reboots. You know, reboots can be successful, maybe, but reboots could also dig you into a grave. So let this let this be a cautionary tale to developers out there who are trying to reboot, remake. It ain't always going to work out. So we want that innovation here. That, that zone is sad, bro. That zone is really sad. Um, you know, bro, I, I, I know it's a bit of a hard shift here, but being that there's not a lot of TV news right now, I do want to pause really quickly for those who are tapped in on one of the arguably higher contenders in the streaming world right now, which is Apple TV. Like I am an Apple sheep, but Apple TV has some high con- high level content. Um, the new season of The Morning Show has officially released season three, and I feel like they didn't do a good enough job of promoting it because they couldn't. The strike was going on. So it silently almost released. 
Um, highly recommend that show. And if you haven't, you know, if you didn't know that this came out, they jump in. You know, not not too many spoilers here, but one of the things that the show's characters is dealing with is a cyber attack on their studio. And I think uh, the show does a really good job at taking today's issues. I mean, we just talked about Sony. Word, word to ransomware. Uh, I just, I think it's cool how the show has a great ability to make relatable, tangible um, use of what we all are going through. You know, they did a season on COVID and um, in season two. Uh, and now they did this new season with a lot of what's going on right now in the day and age of entertainment. Definitely check out the show. You know, we ain't, we ain't, uh, this isn't like an ad or anything, but definitely recommend the show, bro. Well, to keep the television news flowing, Loki uh, has announced that it will be premiering and airing at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays instead of 3 a.m. on Fridays. And that's great news because it, it's like primetime television. It's, it's, I think Ahsoka changed the way Disney Plus is going to work from now on because Ahsoka has been getting them numbers in at that 9 p.m. slot. Their premiere numbers are great. So excited that Loki's coming out now on October 5th. And funny enough, just coincidental, ironic, or life is a simulation, Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage also drops October 5th. And the main character of that game, spoiler alert, is a reincarnation of Loki. So it's kind of funny that the two Loki projects are now dropping on the same day, but that's just some updated news for that. I think it's it's ironic. It's quite ironic. Um, yeah, man, I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. We said this also in another episode. I mean, if you're tapped into Kuzwap, you know how I feel, but um, this is one of the stronger shows from Marvel right now. And as they're lost in the sauce and there's a lot of discussions about how they need to start to bring the quote-unquote Avengers back together again, um, and try to recapture what made them great in the former phases. I think Loki on its own, just as a show, like I said the other day, we know multiverses are very convoluted when we answered that question about did Marvel do a poor job of explaining multiverse? Um, I know it's convoluted, but amidst the convolution, I think Loki is such a uh, endearing uh, character, an interesting character, Um and I'm excited to see what the next leg of his story will look like. I'm excited to see the actors return. Um, the, the new actors added. My bo- They brought Key, baby. They brought Key back, baby. He's in there. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. I, I hope that those six episodes don't have... Um, I know people are complaining about the length of Ahsoka. They don't feel like the episodes are long enough. I hope that they don't fall into that. That they don't fall into that vibe of like only delivering small bits in each episode. I hope each episode is filled to the brim the way they felt it was it needed to in order for the story to be all together a great journey. I know I'm excited for season two cautiously uh, just because Loki was already a show that even though I enjoyed, it was very convoluted and messes with a lot of stuff. And I don't know how I feel about that. So we're going to see where Loki brings us. But I'm excited to have a new weekly show, especially since Ahsoka is going to be ending right before Loki begins. So, you know, there, there's a reason to just keep going on with the Disney Plus app for a little while. But um, up next, we've got uh, Rick and Morty replaces the, the main voice actor. Um, for stuff that you can find online. But the the voice, the new voice, was announced earlier this week. Not by actor, but just so you can hear him. They dropped a clip. 
And and what's funny is um, th- a few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago, a, a, a scene was going around of Rick and Morty, and it was like, get ready for the new season. And people were in the comments hating on it, saying, the new voice sounds terrible. It's nothing like the original. This guy is trash. But then it turned out that like that clip from a few months ago was from the finale of season six and dudes was just getting angry to be angry because it was the original guy still. I'm sleep. Ha ha ha. Yeah, bro. It's just it's hilarious the way the Internet goes around and tries to be all angry and stuff. And then they look stupid. It's, it's hilarious. But for the case of the new guy, no one knows who he is. Is he real? Is it A.I.? Is he the original dude? Who knows, bro? I don't really care because I don't watch the show. I mean, I hope it's not the old guy, but I we, we just don't know. It just is what it is, man. You know what else is what it is as we shift to kind of like the last leg here of the episode? I want to talk a little movies. We got some stuff in here. I'm sure you got something, but um, Dune, Denae Villeneuve's uh take on a massive sci-fi novel trilogy um the second installment was supposed to come out this fall this winter and uh it's been pushed back to 2024 and um i'm not upset about it man i'm not upset about it because if there's one thing we know about Denae, it's that every detail matters if you've seen any of his films and we intend to have an episode on his films where we'll jump into arrival and sicario and prisoners and all an enemy and all that good stuff but uh dune was a was a very intense film long but it, it's almost like the 2020s version of lord of the rings type of epic but sci-fi very sci-fi and um i'm excited to see this next installment i'm excited to see my girls and come back you know what i mean um the scenes that we've seen of timothy riding on the one yeah bro <laughs> this shot is gonna go crazy bro yeah i mean i need to watch dune one i've never seen it but i'm gonna do my homework for our our, our danae episode um but in some other great movie news oppenheimer is officially the number one highest grossing uh biopic of all time so that shit it was lit enough to beat bohemian rhapsody and all i'm really hearing is that rame malik is killing the game. He's picking the right roles. He's in the right movies. It sounds like if you want to make a crazy biopic, you put Rami Malek in it straight up, even if he's in it for 10 seconds. I'm still telling everybody and their moms to go see that flick. I still think it's movie of the year, but we'll spin the block. We'll spin the block and talk about that. Well, on the topic of like spinning the block about different uh, concepts that we've spoken about here and that we eventually will get around to talking to, I know that James Gunn has recently done a little bit of confirming for the future of the DC universe. Um, Like I said, nothing new around here for us to be talking about. And what he did was he made two statements. Number one, he confirmed, like officially confirmed, that John Cena, Viola Davis, and Zolo from Blue Beetle are all going to be returning to their roles in the new DC Universe. So it is not a hard casting reset the way I was kind of hoping it would be. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But um, aside from that, he, he made a statement. He said, nothing is canon until Creature Commandos next year. Uh, a deeper dive into the universe will happen with Superman Legacy, but Creature Commandos is the first 
project. It's a very human drive to want to understand everything all at the same time. But I think it's okay to be confused on what's happening in the DCU since no one has seen anything from it yet. Some actors will be playing characters they've played in other stories and some plot points may be consistent with the plot points from the other things that have come before, but nothing is canon until Creature Commandos and Superman Legacy. So, it's okay to be confused. Just 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 lock in and I mean we've already said that that's what we're going to do. So, um like I said, we'll talk more about it the more things happen, but up next we've got Sylvester Stallone's Expandables 4 failing at the box office. Are we really surprised? Are we truly like really 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 surprised? I haven't seen any of them, so I, I can't say anything. They're like, they're, they're definitely junk food movies. We know that. They know that they are. You know, Sylvester Stallone does it for that exact reason. It's almost like Sylvester Stallone purposefully has the great arc of stories in Rocky. And then to like never, ever, ever, ever rival performance-wise what he's done with Rocky he just does a bunch of trash movies. It's just a bunch of trash action flicks, dog. Oh man, we we gonna have to talk Sylvester Stallone again one day. Whenever we whenever we hit that Rocky episode with you know that special guest, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, we definitely gonna have to hit there. But um, you got anything else that you wanna talk about for this news episode? Oh yeah yeah yeah. I know we already moved to movies, but we gotta stop, pull back for a second. The official teaser trailer short brief look at the new percy jackson series being pushed by disney plus and blessed by rick riordan himself has officially aired and man i'm so excited i'm so excited for everything that's going on here it's a short series i heard it's only a couple episodes as well just like loki it's that disney plus factor i guess um but it's something they intend to keep building on and if there's anything we've seen, it's that, and here's my argument for the TV thing, these stories cannot be summarized and done true justice in the span of a two-hour movie. We need little moments. We need Percy's conversations with his mom, the love she shows him while she protects him. We need to see it depicted well. We need to see the, the, uh, the coming of age dynamics really given time to breathe. That looks like what they're trying to do with this particular show. I'm gassed, bro. Super gassed. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm a bit excited for it. Uh, you know, obviously not for the same reasons as you because I, I've, I've read some of the books. No memory of any of them, really. So I may as well be saying I'm going in fresh unless, uh, you know, I go out and get the books. Or if, uh, you know, Steph, shout out Steph, uh, for some reason sends me her copy, even though I told her not to. But, um... I'm excited for the Greek mythology aspect, no matter what. I love interpretations of Greek mythology, and I love when people do their own thing and integrate their own story with Greek stories. So excited for that. And then on the other side, um, Lassiter from Psych has been casted as Hephaestus for this show, which leaves me very excited because I obviously love that actor. Um, but to move on to a television show that I'm kind of excited for, and I'm just going to bring it up because it's been a trend recently, and I'm going to do it because I, I need you to feel forced. Um, the last episode of Attack on Titan is officially premiering on November 4th. Now, that's the sub. We don't know when the dub is going to come out, and I'm waiting for the dub. So you have till the dub releases to watch this. Do your homework. 
because we need to do that episode on it, bro. So just, just I'm letting you know that I'm saying this just for you, bro. I'm also forgetting that House of Dragons season two has finished filming. So that's another thing you need to catch up on as well as watching Game of Thrones because you best believe I'm forcing that episode to happen because House of Dragons was one of the best shows from last year and I can't wait for it to cook next year. So you better get on that. I promise I'll catch up. Before it's time to talk, obviously, you can't be out here wilding. Good. Well, I mean, that's it for all of the news that we've got. You know, there's there's a lot out there to find. I know we didn't get to tackle, but um, if, you, if you're out on these social spaces, put it in our comment section. Tell us what news you were excited about, what we should have talked about. Um, but in terms for the future of Kazawap, next week, we are doing our Assassin's Creed uh, kind of overlook throughout the entire series, speaking about what makes that franchise special to us as Mirage releases. The week after that, we'll be speaking about Ahsoka and the television show Disney Plus, the character, Star Wars in general. You know, that's always going to be around. Uh, after that, we are going to be talking anything announced at New York Comic Con. And then after that, we will be, uh, you know, doing a little Halloween-y, theme episode with a special guest. So uh, October is going to be a fun month. Um, but this was a fun news episode also. Heck yeah. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Cuzzlewop. Uh, be sure to follow us, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Send this out to your friends. Uh, let them know you found two dudes just talking honestly about what's going on in entertainment. Um, we love y'all. We were grateful for our supporters. Um, and just know every time that you tune in to an episode of Cuzzle Wop, here's what you'll find. Two cousins, one podcast, and endless entertainment. See you soon.